Hey yo, I'm CK and you're listening to Practice. I'm your functional systems integrator, and this is my podcast where practice is not just the theme of the show, but the whole purpose behind it. I'm using this platform to practice podcasting, as well as speaking in general, while espousing half-thoughts and providing unsolicited advice. As always, I'm fortunate to be joined by my practice partner and partner in life, Pam. Hey, that's me. Pam is also my pattern awareness manager. (laughs) And every week, we talk about my progress with this practice, along with other lifestyle practices, as well as theories and ideas behind the virtues of practice itself. Our conversations are unscripted and unedited. We're really doing this on the fly, so don't hold me responsible for what I say here. Make sure to check out my show notes, where I'll provide some fact-checking, self-psychoanalysis, and comments on things I could have done better. You can find this and more information about this project at forcesofequal.com slash practice. And today is July 5th, 2020. We're recording our 19th practice session. So let's catch up with our week. Okay. Let's see. Do you want to start again? Uh, sure. I just <laughs> ran three miles for the first time ever. Yeah. So crazy. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. That's huge. Yeah. Especially because we were going out for two and a quarter. And yeah. I woke up at 4.30 this morning for no reason at all. And oh, that's right. Yeah. You didn't even get a full night of sleep. No, I got about six hours, um, which for me is not <laughs> enough. I'm a sleeper. I need a lot of it. So, um I just wasn't really feeling super great. And I was like, okay, just get through the two and a quarter. And um, I took both ketone esters and ketone salts today. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think that made a difference? Um, I mean, I feel like it had to have. Um, yeah. Because the I could have gotten, I think that I could have done a 5K. Yeah. Um, we ended up stopping at three just because it was like, I've already gone three quarters of a mile longer than I set out to. Let's not push it. And we went yeah. to the trails on Friday and I did three yeah. miles out there. And so, you didn't get a full night of sleep. And I didn't get a full night of sleep. Yeah. yeah. So You're like doing everything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. Usually after we run a longer distance, I start getting a pretty gnarly headache. And by this point in the day, I'm really starting to crash, but I'm feeling good. So um, yeah. yeah. Just to fill our listeners in real quick. So if... You don't know, Pam just started running at the beginning of the year, or Christmas last year was the first time you ran a mile, a full Mm -hmm. mile. Mm -hmm. And now we're doing a little three-week cycle of one mile one week, and then two miles the next week, and then a long run the third week. Mm -hmm. And by long run, what we mean is we're starting with two miles and then increasing by a quarter mile. Yep. And so... And then seeing how far you can go, or if you can do it without stopping. Mm-hmm. And then once you complete that, then add another quarter mile. Mm-hmm. And so we were at two and a quarter. Mm-hmm. And I think, did we try two and a half? No, we've attempted two and a quarter twice now. Uh, okay. And both times I had to take a break and walk. Okay. So we were still trying to get through two and a quarter without stopping today. Mm-hmm. And we just blew through that <laughs> and hit three miles. Yep. So you just went through like two whole months, two whole months of the cycle, 
yeah just we'll, knock that out. we'll see if we're gonna stay at three though i think we might need to go back down to two and a half because <laughs> progress isn't linear right i'm not going to continue to improve like that i always do like i have a huge improvement and then it takes a few weeks to make that the baseline mm -hmm. yeah and it's interesting since you're adding trails into your week the trail mm -hmm. running or hiking walking and running mm -hmm. and how that's going to affect your progress. Yeah, running so. on the road might seem a whole lot easier. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> and let's see, anything else you want to talk about? Oh, uh, nothing else comes to mind. Yeah, well, your gym closed. Yes, right? so, so because of um, because of COVID, um, my gym that I have been going to five days a week for the last six months and four days a week for the year before that and three days a week for the year before that. So it's been like a major part of my life. And it has my trainer there, um, Scott, has just dramatically changed my relationship to fitness and to my own body. Mm -hmm. And so having the gym close was uh, was pretty traumatic, I guess. I mean, it, it sounds so frivolous to say that a gym closing is traumatic, but yeah, but it was a really big part of my life. So yeah, it's been a constant for like two, three years. Yeah. So he had to close do the doors, and now I'm working out at, on my own at home, mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to find a new schedule and a new flow. And in some ways, that is um, hard because I'm an externally motivated person, so I really need the accountability and and having like a schedule and a place to go and like people that I'm working out with that I'm kind of competing against in a little right. bit of a sense, like that definitely helps me. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm using this as an opportunity to find a new schedule and um, try other things out and be a little bit more flexible and go to the mm -hmm. trails with you on Friday and also to develop some um, faith in myself that I can stick to a routine now that I've built the the basics and the um, consistency and the knowledge that yeah. that now I have all of that there and you know that I can do it on my own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in terms of progress with your training, it seems like you've progressed more in like the past, say three four months, maybe well, six months than you have. Well, or you can all just the results see of what you're doing. Yeah. You can just see it because I lost 20 pounds. Right. The muscle was all under there, but I did. I, I went um, really, really worked hard the last six months on fixing some issues that I had with like um, shoulder issues and some hip issues so that I could do movements properly and mm -hmm. really benefit from uh, a wider range of motion. Yeah. So I think, I think you'll be fine on your own. I, I, I see a difference in your motivations. Like you were saying, you're externally motivated, especially with your workouts. Mm -hmm. But now I'm seeing you like dedicated with your movement exercises throughout the day and all your new... Um, what, am I, what word am I looking for? <laughs> all your new modalities or workouts that you're doing now with the running yeah. and the trails. So yeah. yeah, I think you'll be fine. Well, I mean, a lot of that is still externally motivated with you, though. Uh, okay. Like, well. I know that you'll know if I don't work out for five days. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm just saying I don't think you need the external motivation as much as you did before. 
Sure. If you left for three months, though, <laughs> I probably wouldn't work out every day. <laughs> so, so, and there's no shame in that. I know yeah. my motivation style. Exactly. So I put, I put tools in place to work with my motivation style. Right, right, exactly. And that's the whole thing. Like, you need to be mindful of where your motivations and tendencies are. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can adjust and improve. Exactly. So, yeah, goes along with the whole practice mm-hmm. theme. <laughs> how and was your week? Yeah, for me, my week was super productive. And I got a ton of stuff done. And I'm rolling along. I'm on my way. And I still didn't get everything done that I set out to do, but that's more of a result of my optimism bias. Yeah, you're never going to get everything done that you set yeah. out to do. Yeah, true, true. But I think maybe we'll touch on this more in the podcasting and free talking segments. So if you can try reminding me of waves, I've been really into waves lately okay. of various formats. And so actually today, this morning, before we started recording our episodes and sessions, I finished up pretty much all the main acoustic treatment that I'm doing in the studio. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not sure if this will sound different outright. I think it does. I mean, I already hear it. And on that note, I'm really pleased with the audio that came out of the podcast last week. Mm -hmm. And so I think it'll even better this week we'll see i don't uh, yeah uh, (laughs) we'll see but yeah i'm having so much fun doing all this and like my vision is coming into fruition so like all the measurements and calculations that i made were spot on and everything went up without a hitch today so i'm really happy with how things turned out and from here on out everything's just going to be small iterations here and there. So everything major is set and I'm really excited to get into my flow. Kind of got a little taste of it on Saturday when I just basically chilled and had a couple things that I wanted to get done in terms of the acoustic treatment and organizing the studio and um, playing around with music actually. So I figured, so like the music thing has been still, I'm still getting used to the electronic music paradigm. And I'm realizing now that I need to like spend more time at once. I need to spend bigger chunks of time on music Mm -hmm. rather than small bits of time regularly, which is my typical strategy with most of the stuff I do. So like I have my hands in so many different things that I try to do a little of everything pretty much every day. And so whether it's like an hour that I block out or two hours for certain tasks and I do that across maybe three or four or five tasks every day in different buckets, but, and one of them might be music. So maybe I'll mess around with music for like an hour a day, every day or something like that, Mm -hmm. which is fine. It keeps me consistent and getting into it and keeping it in mind and just working on it that way. But I'm finding that there's also a lot of benefit in 
just concentrating it on it for a longer period of time. Sure. And I'm figuring out that with music, that that's a little more, it might be a little more necessary. So I'm trying to figure out how to work that in. But on Saturday, I kind of just landed into a good rhythm where I just turned all my music stuff on. And while I was working around the room and just maybe wanted to take a break or had some kind of melody in my head or rhythm that I wanted to play, I could just step over to the desk and just jam on stuff and play some stuff and put out some notes. So it's this notion of having it available and ready and being able to put down stuff quickly, you know, without having to have stuff load up and waiting for things to connect and all that stuff. Sure. So, yeah, I'm finding a really good rhythm in that sense. And so everything seems to be coming along really well, coming together really well. And let's see, other than that, this time of the year is kind of weird for me with my schedule. We talk about sleep and circadian rhythm a lot here. And I've been on a really good sleep cycle lately, but during this time of the year when the sun stays out the longest, I find that I want to stay out or stay up later. (laughs) Like it's harder for me to get to bed. Mm -hmm. And that was worrying before when I had issues with insomnia. And so I still have some of that anxiety, but as I've been going along and getting less sleep than I thought I would like to, it's actually been turning out okay. And I'm still able to get sleep. Like, I'm not having trouble sleeping when I do fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of, I kind of feel like it's natural for me to stay up a little later during these summer days. And I'm still getting my summer naps in the <laughs> afternoon, which are great. I mean, like, my sleep cycle is interesting because I basically get two days out of one day. So I'm up for like a period of six or seven hours, I think, when I wake up in the morning and then I take a nap and then I'm up for another period of like six or seven hours. So it's like I get two periods and they're almost it almost feels like two days in one. And sometimes when I wake up, I don't know if it's the morning or if I'm waking up from my nap. Like, and my naps sometimes are only like five to 10 minutes long. And I'll just feel like so refreshed. And sometimes I'll think it's the morning. And it's kind of confusing at first, (laughs) but it's actually really fun too. So, yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say with that, but (laughs) you're trying to tell people to take a nap. Yeah. I mean, naps are awesome. Especially when you can get into like a deep nap in like five minutes. So, yeah, I I was joking with Pam the other day if maybe I should just try napping every four hours and not (laughs) not sleeping through the night at all. But we'll see. It's what's really funny to me is that our um, like stance on naps has completely changed since when you had insomnia, I was also um, dealing with a lot of anxiety and 
managing your emotions and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, financial stress. And we had a lot going on that was on my plate. So I was tired all the time. Right. And I would, like, if you let me lay down on the couch for three minutes, I would fall asleep no matter what time of day it was. Uh, Mm. So I took a lot of naps or I would fall asleep right after dinner and also sleep, you know, 10 hours a night. I slept a lot (laughs) and you never slept. And now you are a good sleeper and you take naps and I like can't nap anymore. Like I will try (laughs) and I like lay down on the couch and I can't nap anymore. I'm like, what happened? Yeah, I forgot you did nap a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot. Like around like three or four or something like that, right? Yeah, I needed it. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, let's move on to our podcasting segment where I talk about my practice, of my process with this practice of podcasting. And so we already talked a little bit about the acoustic treatment. And let's see, is there anything else around podcasting? I don't think we've really changed anything else. Yeah, we're just so... Yeah, with the vocal stuff, I think I pretty much topped out what I could do with free software, uh, Audacity, that we're using, and the post-processing within Audacity that I could do, and, of course, the room quality and the sound quality that we can get in the room. I think I pretty much peaked out in terms of that quality, so from here on out, it's more iteration on top of that. So, same with the studio, you know, there's little iterations here and there that I'll continue working on. And now with the audio quality with these podcast episodes, it's just going to be little iterations here and there. And I have already looked into some plugins that sound awesome, and it's geared towards some removing some self-noise. So, that's stuff like S's and breathing and mouth clicks and stuff like that, and not maybe not necessarily necessarily removing them, but tamping them down a little bit, and little things like that here and there, like little tweaks just to make the audio that much better. So I'm thinking, you know, we're at like 80, 85, maybe even 90% quality with the audio, and so it's that little 10% more that I can try to eke out. And are you putting information about the treatments and the plugins in show notes, or is that in a podcasting guide? Yeah, good question. So I've been a little lazy with the content a little bit, uh, with the content lately, and I think our biggest fan, Daryl King, <laughs> has been asking about that. So it's coming. I'm going to actually focus on it a little more this coming week uh, because I have a lot of things just kind of floating around there and it's just not all put together yet, but it's mostly ready. So I just kind of want to start putting all this stuff together and putting it out there. It's Right now, it's kind of haphazardly put together and it is floating out there somewhere, but I haven't really locked it down and made it truly accessible. So... I'm going to work on that this week, and there's a lot of content that I want to work on putting together because there's a lot of this stuff that's just kind of out there haphazardly. So, yes, uh, that's eventually... I'm going to put all this information in the guide for Agile podcasting, and especially since I feel like I'm actually probably at the end of the Agile part in terms of podcasting or Agile podcasting for practice. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, I mean, from here on, it's all iterations and it's just eking out those less percentage points. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to focus on that this week. And I think that may be it with the podcasting segment. So now let's move on to free talking, where I make tangent salads out of the half thoughts that are floating around in my mind. And I've been thinking a lot about a lot of stuff this past week. (laughs) What's new? Exactly. But I've really been thinking a lot about waves. And I mean, I always think a lot about waves. We've We've talked before about particle versus wave duality. We've talked about audio, which is waveforms. And so it's like, I feel like there's like a preponderance of waves in my life right now. Like everything I see is related to waves. And so I think I want to talk about how I'm using waves as... Uh, perspective or to form to frame momentum or progress okay and so i actually thought about this while i was meditating at the beach looking at the waves this past tuesday so my regular beach day i go and sit in the sand and meditate and i do open eyes and closed eyed meditations And I just started doing this after the global pandemic was declared. And actually, I think the first time I went out there, they had shut... Oh, no, it was right before they shut the beaches down. But then I think it was a second time I went right after they shut the beach down. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't supposed to be out there. But I had to go because I had to go to the beach. (laughs) (laughs) So CK also doesn't follow any rules. <laughs> I mean, I follow them within reason. <laughs> Just enough to stay out of jail. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but I, I so I went to the beach and the first time after it closed, it, it was empty. Like I was the only one out there. And I think well, I passed by one other person and I saw another person walking. So I wasn't the only person breaking the law. (laughs) (laughs) And I did, I was seen by officials. I don't know if they were state officials or city officials or lifeguard patrol or whatever, but there was a truck on the sand that passed me while I was meditating and they had to have seen me, but they didn't bother me. So they just care about groups. Right. And, Maybe they didn't want to bother me in my meditation, so. (laughs) How kind. Yeah. But the thing is, when I was meditating and looking at the waves in the ocean, it got me into, like, such a calm state, like, super fast. It was the fastest I've ever gotten into, like, a meditative state. And so, after that, I... I'm not going to miss a week at the beach meditating in front of the water, or I don't want to anyway. And the thing is, like, being alone on the beach and watching the waves in the ocean and looking out in the ocean, it's just 
a crazy perspective and it's really hard to explain but there's like a duality between the expansiveness and also it also kind of feels like I'm in a small room by myself and I'm not sure how else to explain that it doesn't really make sense but it's weird having the feeling of being in like a small room when you're sitting out and looking at the end of the world, basically at the horizon. And so, and then there's the preponderance of the sonics with the wind and the waves coming at your senses and always changing, you know, it's not steady and mm. constant. It's the sound's always changing and the wave's always changing and it sounds further away or closer and the wind gets stronger or weaker. And yeah, I, I, I'm, I know I'm not doing a good job of explaining why this is such a revelation, but meditating alone like at the beach is life-changing. So I would recommend everyone to try it if they can. But back to waves. <laughs> so let's see. If you can picture waves as like, um, is it one-dimensional? Just a line going up and down mm -hmm. from left to right. Let's say, you know, take a pencil and a piece of paper and just start drawing left to right, up and down waves. If you take that waveform and compare it to like waves or the up, ups and downs in your life, mm -hmm. there's going to be peaks and valleys, you know, in your life. There's going to be good times, bad times. But then the middle is where you ideally want to sit. And that's kind of where you have the most momentum. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where, like, there's balance and equilibrium and homeostasis is, like, in the middle of the wave. Because in terms of wave functions, the peaks and valleys have zero momentum when you're at the very top you basically stop at the highest point there's no momentum it's you're, you're stopped mm -hmm. same with the lowest point the most momentum is right in the middle of the wave so like even if you think about surfing you want to sit in the middle of the wave because that's what's going to carry you you know some surfers will rise to the top and do tricks but once you're off the top of the wave, there's no momentum. You have to get down and back into the middle or you fall off the wave. Mm -hmm. And same with the bottom. If you're at the bottom of the wave, there's no, mo 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 there's no <laughs> momentum. So you're not going to be moving. You have to wait for the wave to catch up to you. And by that time, might not be enough momentum to keep you up and going. So you want to sit in the middle of the wave where there's mo the most momentum and in terms of surfing, it's hard to sit in the middle the whole time. You know, you kind of want to go up and down. 
And that's the same with life too. It's difficult to stay right there, stay balanced in the middle. There's always going to be ups and downs, but you want to try to stay close to that middle and try to find that balance because that's where you're going to have the most momentum and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to reach the peak at some times and that's like your goal per se is the peak, you know, when you reach the climax or the penultimate point. But then, you know, once you reach that point, you stop, you know, where do you go from there? So you can either continue moving on where you fall back down the wave a little bit and have the momentum take you to another peak, or you fall off the wave and just kind of quit because you did what you set out to do. So there's that notion. And I think what I'm trying to relate to is that I've been so focused on the peak of the wave and reaching the peak. And I'm always trying to find the optimal way to go about things. And in terms of like goal planning and my optimism bias, I'm always thinking about the most efficient way and the best way. And I'm always planning, like all my plans are according to the most efficient way. So I'm always planning how things will end up if the process was perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm always trying to hit that peak of the wave, whereas I should be focusing on the process in the middle of the wave, and that's where the momentum is. And that's kind of where my perspective's been shifting these past couple weeks and how I'm trying to reframe things is that rather than trying to keep hitting that peak efficiency or optimal strategy, I'm more mindful of the process and how things are going about. So I'm not getting as frustrated with the process anymore if I am hitting obstacles or roadblocks. And I'm realizing that I'm at that point when I'm hitting the obstacle or the roadblocks, that is the way. So I I love this title that Ryan Holiday came up with for one of his books. It's called The Obstacle is a Way. And he's a huge proponent of Stoicism and Stoic philosophy. And I just love the terminology of the obstacle being the way. And that's like the whole purpose or that, I mean, that's, the whole purpose of the process is this growth process and hitting these obstacles and overcoming them. And that's the middle of the wave. And that's where, that's really where you want to be. And that's going to be the point where you just keep moving forward. That's where the most momentum is. And that's going to be where you continue progressing. And so that's, just kind of the perspective that I've been I've been taking. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't expect perfection or expect everything to be optimal all the time. Maybe you can hit that peak for a second, but you right. can't sustain that. So right. you have to find the point where you're actually making forward progress by finding what is sustainable and what is maybe not optimal, but 
gets the job done. Right, exactly. Ultimately, that's all that matters is that you get there. Right, right. Yeah, I, you're so good at summarizing my thoughts. <laughs> been doing it for 11 years. <laughs> it's true. So, yeah, thanks for that. But that just goes on to point out how, like, it's the process and progressing along the way and continuing and iterating. And it just goes back to my whole thing about the agile process. And I kind of need to go back to that because I think I've been a little bit, I kind of reverted back to that preparation and contemplation mode. So I need to go back to that agile perspective and put out some more of the stuff that I've been working on. And, you know, I've been continuing that with practice, but I need to transition or uh, apply that with my other projects and start putting out the stuff that I have because a lot of it is pretty much fleshed out and useful. So I need to come back to that agile perspective. So is it perfectionism that's stopping you from putting them out because they're not 100% optimal or they're not exactly the way you want it to be? There's definitely some of that. I mean, I've been a perfectionist my entire life and it's hard to get away from that. So yeah, that's definitely something that I've been working on and I'm sure that's a function of what I've been dealing with. What are you afraid of happening if you put out this stuff that isn't 100% the way you want it to be? That people will think the stuff I put out isn't 100% the way I want it to be? I don't know. How do they know what your 100% yeah. is? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. And that's a good point because, you know, what's perfect for me is a different level of perfection or status for someone else. Yeah, what's 50% for you could be perfect for someone else. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm working through that stuff and, you know, the perfectionist psychology. And I know that I've had issues with it and it's been hindering me from progress. But, yeah, I think the whole agile process is something that can help mitigate that as well as, of course, our self-reflection or self-reflective processes and our own processes of processes of coaching each other, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I had for free talking. Okay. I would just add on to that if anyone else is dealing with perfectionism that's stopping them from putting something out that could have value to other people, that the perspective that helps me when I get stuck in that, because I definitely have it too, is that by waiting to put something out until it's perfect, you're probably never going to do it. And mm -hmm. you are depriving people who could benefit from your work. Right. So if there's something that you have that you know someone else could um, derive benefit from, whether it's a blog post or a podcast or anything, and you're worried about it being perfect, then you are doing your audience a disservice by not putting out something good because you want it to be perfect. Right. And that actually goes toward what we could talk about in the next segment, which is about 
lifestyle practices and theories and ideas behind the virtues of practice itself. And I mean, what Pam just said there is a good tip. Like perfectionism can paralyze you in terms of progress. And what you consider to be perfect is not necessarily what other others may consider useful or mm-hmm. necessary yeah. in order to be useful. So there's benefit in getting stuff out there. And that's what I like about the Agile process because it's all about getting the minimum viable product out there and then getting feedback on it so you know what others feel about what you're putting out there or what you know how you can actually help others yeah. instead of just cycling through thoughts in your mind about how you think you know things are going to turn out yeah so yeah i think that's a perfect way to end today's session do you have anything else that you wanted to add nope all right well I think we'll keep it there for today. And so before we leave off, Pam, where can people hit you up? You can find me on Twitter where I am at Pamela underscore Lund. And you can find me on Twitter at CK Disco. Oh, yeah. Actually, before we leave off, I forgot to talk about my supplements again. (laughs) So I think we're starting to make a habit about doing this at the end of our sessions. But today I stuck with a similar protocol. I did uh, Qualia Mind, Molecular Hydrogen. And we did the ketone esters and ketone salts today. And I think that's the first time that you paired them together, right? Yeah, it is. And that's the first time I paired them together since starting this podcast. And let's see. And I did a couple spoonfuls of honey. I I took too much honey. (laughs) Like I just chugged, I just opened the bottle and stuck it in my mouth and chugged some and ended up with too much but my voice feels pretty good today my throat feels okay and yeah I think the honey was the only difference other than ketone salts but I've done that before and I don't ketones aren't going to have any effect on my voice yeah that was also hours ago right right but yeah I think the honey made a difference Mm -hmm. and my voice is starting to go a little right now but definitely better than the past two weeks So, yeah, we'll leave it off there, and maybe next week I'll remember to do that at the beginning of the episode. So, for now, thanks for listening, and I hope you come back next week, and keep on practicing. Toodaloo!